0: Welcome to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 145. My name is John Morgan, cold coffee. Well, damn it, not only is he with me, we are at the Casa de Cold Coffee, chilling at your house. How's it going, brother?
1: I'm doing good, doing well. Yeah, welcome to the uh, the homestead, you know, I... uh, I would lie and say that I cleaned up for you but you know <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well we are uh, we are at home in Las Vegas this week it is a very rare off week in MMA it's crazy I mean there's there's no UFC there's no Bellator there's no professional fighters league there's no RFA LFA there's no you know I mean, there's none of that stuff yeah. so it's uh, it's kind of a wild week we're getting to enjoy the holiday a little bit so I do not blame you for not uh, cleaning up for me one bit it looks like you're in kind of a like that spring cleaning <laughs> new year kind of thing going on yeah, like yeah, I, f- that's I feel it. like you're like mid rearrangement of some stuff in here Yeah. just to set the scene here we're in what uh, i guess you would kind of call your studio yeah, right my studio. i mean it's, it's basically like a big you know master living area that you have taken over but over here you got stuff for for green screen setups mm-hmm. you got professional lighting and stuff which i mean looks like you could Shoot some pretty seedy stuff in here Over in yeah, this part of town you know? right, around the, <laughs> right around the corner from Palace Station you know, that's why
1: D-Dub used to always come over <laughs> to this neighborhood You know, I actually was filming some uh, uh, scenes With uh, D-Dub and his mistress
0: oh, Wow Not any- <laughs> That's our start in 2018, huh? Okay. No, but yeah, I
1: mean uh, <laughs>
0: Just kidding, D-Dub
1: I won't ever show that footage uh, But yeah, uh, yeah uh, in here, yeah, I tore out the old Xbox. I told I'm setting up a little gym in the garage, so that's gonna go out there and be our uh, our entertainment system. Oh, I'm not like gonna it. run cable out to the garage, so we at least can have a, a Netflix or whatever streaming to kind of uh, you know take our mind off the fact that we're actually working out and all that good stuff. And then, yeah, my gear is over there from. Uh, you know past events it's kind of the staging area so when we go to events you know I'll put everything get it all together and then it moves over to the door and then it goes out and when it comes back it kind of looks like that it just kind of lumps onto the floor yeah
0: i'm a little less <laughs> disorganized on my gear when i'm at home i feel like i used to make sure everything was all nice oh and, yeah but i we just would just travel so damn much i feel like that's i'm just like that's eh. it that's yeah. it when you
1: get tired sometimes i mean like long days you know when you get to that sunday you get home or whatever and you just take it out and you're like i don't even want to look at this for like that's it days mm-hmm. you know and this week we actually got to have it you know it's kind of weird you know having the the week off you know uh it's funny because you, you feel like, oh, I know there's things I want to catch up. And, oh, I'm going to go out and do this. and you know But it's like literally the first two days I just want to sleep and yep. just sit. I, did you know? I didn't do nothing.
0: That, I didn't do nothing. I'm not going to lie. That's the best
1: part. I mean, fight weeks are long days. I mean, as glorious as it might seem to, oh, I want to be on the event. I want to be this. And, and again, uh, granted, it is good. It's, it's good fun. to be there. But, no
0: question about it. You
1: know, you know you're looking at 12, 14-hour, some days longer than that hour days. And, uh, <laughs> every single day, every single day in a row, you just kind of want to just not do anything when you get back. And so. those damn early weigh-ins. Oh, that's brutal. They ruined the Fridays. That
0: used to be our week, man. Uh, you know, we, we'd grind on Wednesday and Thursday knowing you could sleep in on Friday. Yep. Get yourself recharged for the afternoon weigh-ins, which are pretty easy to be honest with you. Yep. And, then, you know, then you might even go out that night before uh, the fights. And yeah. now, ah, oh, it's brutal. Yeah. I now. mean, listen, I don't want to sit here and complain. We, we, we have some of the best jobs in the world, and I'll never forget that. But uh, it is more grinding than easy. But it sounds like you're getting back in the gym. I'm going to try I, I I got to – I turned 40 this year, bro. Yeah. In March. March 15th, man. So we're talking about two months away. Oh. So it's not like I can even put in that much work before then. But I don't know, like 2018, I'm turning 40. I feel like now or never, man. I got to – my kid looked at me the other day, and say, my kid literally said, what happens when you and mommy are, are, are dead? And I'm like, <laughs> oh,
1: shit. Wh- what? I thought he was going to say, like, something else. Like, yeah. No, he's like, I thought ha- it was going to be the birds and bees shit or something. Oh, uh,
0: well, <laughs> he did touch on that a little bit. But uh, yeah, he, he was like, what happened? You know, I'm I'm my only family. What happens when you and mommy are dead? And I was like, oh, I don't wanna, I, like first of all, don't talk about that. Yeah. And I was like, it's not yeah. going to happen
1: anytime soon. He, uh, that's when you're like, well, Eli, you might have your own family by then. You yeah. know, unless he's like, nah, I'm just going to be the. It's
0: because t- I want your stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was he's like can I have your car? Does that
0: mean that I can use your TV anytime I want it?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, God.
1: Well, I mean, he is getting he is getting that age, man, especially, you know, with him now. I hear stories, you know, the guys told me when uh, Sandu and those guys came over, he wanted to show off all of his, his hitting and his striking skills, oh, yeah. and it's only going to get more so. Yep. So, I mean, you, you're going to have to get in shape just because you're going to be the natural uh, sparring partner at the house. <laughs> it's hard,
0: man. He beats up on me. But <laughs> I do. I, I want to be, be able to chase him around the park and go play yeah. soccer with him. And I that sort of stuff. So I got, I gotta drop some lbs this year. This is the year, man. We, we gotta do to.
1: it. We keep saying it. it's like this year, this year, but you're right. I but mean, like, I turned, now. I turned 44 this year, you know, and uh, I, I feel you. I think it's natural to start feeling your mortality. I think you probably should have thought about it <laughs> before, but you know, at that point when you, when you're knee deep in 16 hour days mm-hmm. and just trying to get your career going, you know, you don't even think about that stuff. Nope. You know, especially being over uh, workaholics as, as we tend to be. You know, a lot of times, you know, you can only do so much, you know. Uh, so, but that's, I, I think that's good. I mean, we we resolved that this will be the year to start getting off our ass. I mean, especially using the connections that we have to, you know, get the training done that we need to do, point in the right directions. You know, uh, you know, I was talking to Angelo Reyes earlier, you know, striking coach of Frank mm-hmm. Mears and Anna Houlatons and, you know, trying to get tips on him, like, you know, because i want to get a boxing bag set up you know to so where it's good work I, out right there. go work out the arms you know and just kind of work out some frustrations and stuff you know asking them things and i know we know people in all kinds of elements uh you know, different disciplines of martial arts that, you know, that we can pick up on things. And I'm sure some listeners now listening to this will, will throw some ideas our way as well. But, you know, we'll have to keep it in balance with the, the hashtag Frosty Beverages. Well, I was going to say,
0: and keeping in line with our commitment <laughs> to health and our commitment to bettering ourselves, uh, as we sit down at 1 o'clock on a Thursday afternoon, uh, we're enjoying a Ballast Point home game. Yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> Delicious Fathom IPA. Back to back to the Ballast Point home game. Uh, unfortunately, our our beloved Boomers is no more. Heck, you sent uh, me a sent me a picture of the yeah. thing all stripped down to nothing, but that does allow us to enjoy our our Ballast Point home game. And today, yeah. yeah, the Fathom IPA India Pale Ale. I'll, I'll just tell you what they say about mm, it since let's do I, it. I don't have quite the refined palate that they do. It says you know Fathom IPA highlights our favorite characteristics of the West Coast IPA style. This crisp and clean brew features a touch of malt on the surface with an ocean of zesty orange and piney hops below. The result is a refreshing, easy-drinking IPA with just the right amount of depth.
1: I get it. I definitely, after you clarified the orange, because at first one I was thinking, I was thinking it was like a pineapple. I, I definitely tasted a mm-hmm. a citrusy edge mm-hmm. to it. But, yeah, man, it's good. I mean – What's nice about this as opposed to some other IPAs. Some IPAs can be very off-putting to somebody's palate yeah. if you're not used to IPAs because it's such a punch in the in the mouth. Yep. Sometimes it hits you at different like sour points and different areas of the tongue, but this one was kind of mellowed out.
0: I mean, this, it was. This is like a lo- bit sort of soury, but it's like you know, the lager not- of IPAs, man. It's like you can sit here and just drink this, man. Yeah, it's I was just-
1: actually just like uh, I, I did ask if we wanted to get glasses, so I could feel like we were fancier, you know. But now we're just drinking I mean, from the on. can. I, I found myself like <laughs> triple that, gulping, you know. Just hope what that's a, okay, Andrew. That yeah. <laughs> we're drinking from the can. Our, our buddy Andrew. I'm sure he, <laughs> he Andrew's probably like no, 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 fellas, a glass, <laughs> a glass. But I mean, you know. uh It's not like it's been sitting in a can forever, so we're only tasting aluminum or anything. But, I mean, it's delicious. And if that's the case, it's only going to taste better when we put it in a glass. But I dig it, man. Uh, I really haven't had one. Of the Ballast Points, I'm not just trying to say that because Ballast Points been wonderful enough to, to give us some uh, some products, but I like it. I do too. I mean, it's the shit's not cheap. Let, let's be real. It's like not. I tried to when we uh, Fiasco had his birthday party. But if party, you just want
0: to do like a couple years of podcast and happen to meet the guys, you can get a really good deal on it. Then it works. <laughs> then it works. But yeah, I,
1: I tried to go out and get a six pack or something. I was gonna get a twelve pack for Fiasco at his birthday, and it was uh, I should you not, it was like fifteen ninety nine or something for a six pack, and I was like, holy cow. I mean, granted, they put great equip, great ingredients, and all that good stuff, but I balked. I got him like a, a, a big liter of some gin, some <laughs> Seagram's gin that I wasn't even. sure Shame was on good. you! I know. Shame on you! I know. I know. I backed down. So I mean, but you hear this, man, Andrew. You know, I gotta I gotta learn to not let the price point uh, dissuade me from it because I, it, it is not delicious. It's not PBR. It is not PBR. It is not PBR. It is a. It definitely kicks it up a notch. You know. I mean, uh,
0: I found out they have a restaurant in. In Temecula. Really? Um, and I'm going to be there in a couple weeks for Bellator. The week that you go to uh, North Carolina, I'm going to Temecula for Bellator. i might to have to stop by. Check it
1: out. They have is like it, a, It's like a brewery yeah, slash?
0: Yeah, I don't think they actually brew on site, but I think it's like a restaurant that features their products. Interesting. I'm going to go check that out. I bet they have some dishes made with it. Mm, shout out to Bell's Point. Sh- yeah. Shout out to our commitment to health. and. Yeah, but hey. I mean, listen, a healthy, balanced lifestyle includes some day drinking, right? I agree. I agree. I wasn't gonna say what. Time. <laughs> <laughs> then you, you you done
1: let it out, let they, the cat out the bag.
0: They drink it in moderation. Wow, well, yeah. listen, I, I figure I've got to work early tomorrow. Yeah, and, uh, this, this, and, this, this, and it's this, not like we're gonna go hard. mean we'll see about that. I we'll not, see. All right. <laughs> Speaking of uh, enjoying themselves, and have you seen? Were you shocked? Because I was. Dana White. Did a a big interview with Yahoo Sports, man. A little over half an hour, about thirty-five minutes. Our man Kevin Ioli sit down with them uh, on Skype, which is not surprising. Obviously, Kevin Ioli's been covering the UFC for a long time and has a good relationship with Dana White. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the fact that Dana White did it while he's on vacation in Thailand and took the time to do a, a more than thirty-minute interview—it's yeah. it's so wild. I feel like Dana's finally kind of coming out of shell, maybe a little bit. You know, like after the cell. He kind of backed away for a while and really yeah. wasn't doing much media at all. And, you know, we we talked to him both on and off record, and he he kind of admitted, you know, he had some emotional times, and it was really a, a difficult process for him. But now, I mean, here he is. He's on his damn vacation in Thailand and doing a big interview.
1: Yeah. When was the last time you didn't do some bit of work on a vacation? Oh. I mean, granted, we're different. I mean, we're over – we definitely work hard. But that's the thing about Dana. Dana works nonstop as well. I mean, dude plays pretty damn hard. But he works hard, too, at least in the sense of this. Like, he's not going to go on vacation and turn his phone off. Right. I I guarantee that'll never ever happen. So I can see where maybe there was a point where he's like, oh well, let me just knock this out. You know, I, I, I mean, he has a good relationship. We understand Yahoo still has a, a pretty big reach. Still you big know, reach, yep. so it makes sense that hey, if we have some news, you know, let's let's throw something Kevin's way because Kevin is he's a good beat writer. I mean, Kevin works his butt off. I mean, this dude's been doing it for a long time.
0: Nevada Boxing Hall yeah. of Fame.
1: for him to still grind as much as he does, it's funny. Like I still remember, I can't remember what event it was. Uh, maybe it was the Mayweather-McGregor. Um, where we were at T-Mobile, and then they booted us out of the event, and Kevin was still outside working on the bench. That's right. You know, he could have easily just driven home, did whatever, but, you know, he wanted to get his story done, so he sat outside on a bench where he could still get the the uh, internet from the T-Mobile, and uh you're not going to find that from dudes that are just randomly doing the sport or that are just half-assing the sport. So he's definitely done his time, and he – He's constantly, I mean, he he rags Dana sometimes. Dana loves to rag him as well, so I think he did.
0: They weren't speaking for a while. Pretty recently, they weren't speaking for a while. Yeah,
1: so, I mean, it's good. I think, you know, they've kind of put an olive branch to each other, but, uh, I mean, you know, it's not like Kevin's going to, you know, pull words back or anything and, but it's good that Dana reached out, and, I mean, it sucks that I would like to have been us. I know. know.
0: I was going to say, the only bad thing <laughs> was because, you know, I've been working uh, with UFC on, on getting another sit-down with Dana. Yeah. We're going to we're gonna try to do those quarterly. That was the plan last year was to do them quarterly, and then some things kind of happened behind the scenes where that fell apart. But uh, trying for 2018 to do it quarterly. So, yeah, it was there was yeah. part of me that was like, good for Kevin, and part of me was like, damn it. Yeah, it the first I mean? thing
1: I thought was like, fuck, we could have interviewed that. Yeah, because that. I was we trying to get it.
0: something set up. We were trying to figure out what Dana's vacation schedule was because I wanted to get something done. Maybe before the St. Louis event So we could just kind of like preview the first quarter Yeah And talk about all the highlights going into the first quarter You know, do like we did last time Where we, you know, we talked about events But then we also talked about just the biggest headlines And that's what I want to do with them Once a quarter, you know, get that time and, and, And hopefully we'll be able to still make that happen But yeah, it was kind of, I was kind of bummed yeah, but, but good for Kevin. Good, good for good Kevin. for
1: Kevin. And I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad Dana still you know does that. I mean, I know he typically I mean, we we see it happen. We see him reach out to ESPN and give little stories. Yeah, and yeah. All other stuff. So I mean, I think Dana. You know, I still appreciate that he's willing to kind of still be the bad boy and, and let shit out. That whether or not he's supposed to let it out at that, that the point. The PR team just grimaces <laughs> and then the PR is just like, Oh, how do we fix this? How do we fix this? Like
0: uh, that's the <laughs> that's the funny thing because you know PR they'll have like. You know, complicated plan, not complicated, but they'll like, they'll want to drop a story on a certain day in a certain outlet or whatever to get the most reach. You know, obviously, you know, you you want to break your fights for Australia in the Australian papers. You want to, you know what I mean? Like, but you know, not only does it it, it give the most eyeballs in the local market, but it also helps you develop a a relationship with that media outlet, you know, like, hey, you know, we've given you a couple scoops, like, now why don't you do a story for us? You know, something like that. So, you know, they're trying to work those relationships and then. Dana's just like, uh, oh, we did announce that GSP is sick and not fighting for the next six months, right? Like, no. We no. Don't. no, no. I mean, because they Nobody used to have, that. like, big uh, <laughs>
1: whiteboards, and they'd have stuff planned out, like yeah. calendars and just – weird like bubbles leading to bubbles of this goes to this, goes to this, goes to this. Goes to this. And like, I can like just crime imagine scene investigation. Yeah, just like kinda like, all right, well, this is when we release this and then that allows us to do this, this, this. And I can imagine like after Dana does this thing, they just have to go in there and like, All right, motherfucker, just erase this, erase this, erase best. this. If you, if you go
0: back way back in the day and you look at when Jen Wink was still heading up PR, uh, yeah. This is back when Dana, you know, almost every week would do like the scrums after every event, you know? Yeah. And Jen would actually just pull up a chair and sit behind him and it was funny because you know obviously everybody's keyed in on Dana, but after a while I started just kind of like letting my attention drift a little bit and watch her. And it was so funny because what she would have like a little notepad like writing down like stuff he was saying, so that she knew. And you could just see like when he'd break something that, she, that they had plans for, just kind of like uh, like shaking her head a little <laughs> like, bit, like ah, yeah. oh, you weren't supposed to say <laughs> that because it's going out on Monday.
1: I definitely think that they they definitely had a stretch where they got him in check. They were like, all right, Dana. We'll- We got to pull back, and I think he was more than willing to kind of pull back as well. You know, he's never, uh, you know, held his words back when he's been uh, a little upset when people take him out of context. You know, it's so easy to do, and that's why I I like how we, a lot of times, we'll put videos and stuff out. We put the full thing out as opposed to just grabbing on, you know, a certain phrase or a certain instance. And, uh, you know, we still do it from time to time, which – I don't know, but that, maybe that's better off the record where it kind of upset me the other day with something that we had did, but, uh, you know, I definitely voiced my uh, uh, displeasure. I mean, got to be
0: responsible. We all want clicky-grabby headlines, but yeah. you got to make sure you're being fair. Yeah. And that doesn't go for Dana. That goes for anybody. It goes for anybody. Mean? Yeah,
1: not definitely not just Dana, just anybody in general, you know. Like, I want us to at least maintain that sense of an outlet that, you know, I don't want to just be clicky to be clicky, mm-hmm. you know, like don't grab on that phrase because we're out on the ground. Mm-hmm. I'm facing these guys and at the last event. You know, I got come up uh, Two different UFC staffers came up to me on two different occasions talking about stories and stuff that we came that we came out with. Right. You know, voicing their displeasure in, in our angles and stuff like that. You know, it's like I get it. It was like, you know, but, you know, there was what came out, came out, you know, right. it is what it is. Those are the stories or whatever. But, you know, I, I always, like, try to tell people, you know, and you, I know you say it all the time, you know, don't put anything out there that you're not willing to say in front of these Absolutely. people's faces. And the same goes for, see the fucking cat crazy. <laughs> Literally just try to jump up on the table and grab papers or
0: remote or whatever. Wanted a little bit of that ballast point. But he wanted game. that
1: ballast point. And he's like, wait, well, your description sounded delicious. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we're on the ground, you know, like we see these people, you know, uh, it's one thing to, to be a keyboard warrior and say something and never have to be in front of people you know that's why you know i stress for any outlet you know careful of what you say and what you do because if you're on the ground and you're in front of these people they will come up to you and they will voice their displeasure I think
0: that's good i mean i really do and you're right i I say it all the time but i do honestly live by that mantra and i think you know people are always asking for advice you know what would you do that that is one thing i i really do words to live by is do not write anything tweet anything say anything That you wouldn't say to somebody's face, man. Some of the stuff that I see, that's you know, with it's with stories, where where it's like taking something a little bit out of context, you know, for the sake of it, it makes it a good story, even though you know it's probably not exactly the truth or what. You know what I mean? I don't like that. Um, And 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 some of the snarkiness and stuff that we see, like I just I I just don't like. I mean, would you say that to somebody's face? Is that the way you would treat somebody? Like like I just it's not right to me. You know what I mean? It's okay to criticize. I mean, I know that for the most part, I think I'm a pretty positive guy i mean i try to be anyway like that's kind of my energy you know maybe sometimes i'm foolish about stuff or whatever but i don't know i like to look at things in a positive light and -hmm. and see the silver lining and things and um but i get that you don't always have to be that way but you can criticize without being snarky and without being a a jerk about it you know what i mean how would you talk to 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 people's face so anyway uh well listen so let's, let's let's dig into some of the stuff that was in there because you know as new year started i'm not gonna lie the first guy that got under my nerves it was Conor McGregor, man. Those tweets came out that Conor's like, you know, effing and beg me, and, and yeah. you know, like uh, I was just like, come on, man. Like, I, I, I tell you what, I, I guess I'm, I'm tired of the shtick, man. I'm tired of the I'm rich, beg me shtick. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I'm more of the uh and you know especially like with what habib did the other day and just how how dangerous he looks and how much of a fighter tony fergus is not that i don't love i want to see connor fight that's not it i do want to see connor fight but this just social media play and uh you know all this beg me uh, i got too much money I'm, I, I don't man i'm kind of over it dude like if. it, it if you don't want to fight because you made a hundred million dollars, I don't blame you, bro. Like I don't want to fight, and I don't. I've never made a dollar fighting, and I don't want to get there and do it. You know what I mean? So, if you've got a hundred million sitting in the bank and you don't want to fight anymore, I'm cool with that. I'm totally cool with that. But if you're gonna, you know, claim to be the champ and 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 act like the champ and whatnot, like get in there and fight, man. Because there's some good fights to be had right now in that division, and I'm just not interested in the, you know, get on your knees and beg me and I might fight. Like I want to see you be like. I mean, I like the part where, like, man, that Dagestan, he's nothing. Like, but then let me hear you say in the next breath and take your ass in the cage with me and let's prove it.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I, there was a point – I mean, I love all the hype that he brings to things. I mean, I love the excitement of the fight weeks and stuff. But I just – I get – but it's not just – I guess not even just Conor. I think any sports athlete or any – uh hollywood person anywhere where the ego it, the the ego starts standing out more so than what they're they're actually performing what they're actually producing right um it just gets so distracting that i find myself just tuning it out you yes. know when he does his fighting and when he does his uh martial arts i mean that's all the the hyped up shit that i need for me to just respect the dude oh it's amazing but when i when i hear him just every other one's either now it's just an advertise for a product or you know beg me or this 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 i'm like man for someone that used to 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 come off and try to portray it himself as so humble you know you've you've went so far into what uh people say don't let money change you don't yeah. let money change you now it's to the point i get it you know I, he's already accomplished enough that his his family his his life is set for money wise. Yes, yeah, and now it's at this kids, point, you know, his kids, kids, kids. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like your legacy is is set. You know, now it's a matter of you know what people think of you as a, as a human being. And uh, you know, I guess we. It's hard. I guess it's hard to separate that too because you know you want him to be this human being, but he is a sports person. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to sports, I think the type of mentality that you need to thrive and to go into that realm and let alone be very good at it is the same stuff as that self-belief. And how do you turn that off when it when you stop fighting true. when you do the other stuff? And I've always said
0: I don't mind people being cocky. Like if you're a cage fighter, if, if if your job for living is to lock yourself in a steel cage with another human being yeah. who has been training for the past two months to kill you, yeah, you probably ought to believe in yourself. Yeah. It's like I'm okay. I don't know. I guess it's just – yeah, just like man, look at me. I came from nothing, and look who I am now. That's cool. Like I want to see that. Yeah. Instead, it's just beg me to even get in there. Like no, I want to see. Look, I be, I I cr- I became the king of the sport because I'm the greatest that's ever done it. And you know I'm gonna sit your bitch ass down when we get in there. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I'm okay with it. I just. I want to see him fight, man. I guess that's yeah. what I'm saying. I want to see him fight. But I guess the refreshing thing. Was, so I was angry for a couple of days because I was like, oh, my God, here we go again. But to hear this interview that it sounds like Dana is very much on board with, like, listen, if Conor wants to sit out, that's cool, but we're going to strip him. You know what I mean? You if if he wants to fight, then we'll fight. But yeah. if he's not, then we'll do Tony Ferguson versus Habib Nurmagomedov, and yeah. we'll do it for the real title. Yeah, And I'm I, cool with that. I mean, us let, Let's keep moving forward. Yeah. Every,
1: and that's been my biggest thing about what – all these holding these different belts is just holding up the divisions. If Conor wants to fight, Conor can fight. Conor doesn't need a belt to put on these big fights. It's just Conor being Conor. You know, it doesn't matter if Conor is the lightweight champion, the featherweight champion, the heavyweight champion. It doesn't matter. People (laughs) want to watch Conor McGregor fight, whether it be boxing or whether it be martial arts. So, but for the sake of the sport and the sake of the UFC, um, or just the legitimacy of the UFC as a real organization, you know, uh, it'd be it'll all be taken care of itself, you know. Especially if that whole Aliac gets revision, and you have to have people fighting and doing the right thing. You can't have these bouts that don't make any sense of fighting right. outside of weight classes and all this other stuff. But the fact is, I mean, just if they take it away from him, fine, just let it be done. So the fact that the division can move forward, and if Conor ever wants to come fight, people are still going to buy it. You don't Absolutely. need to have a belt around his waist for him to provide value. If that's what he needs to get in there and fight is to have it to be for a belt, then they could do just like what they did with Mayweather and just make up a fucking belt. We'll just make a money the belt. money belt. You know, we'll just make whatever a belt. Because if it's if he's not fighting within his division and it's always these one-off fights, then let's just take the belts out of the equation because they're, they, they make no sense.
0: Maybe, you know, honestly, I mean, it, it sounds almost silly to it. And, and I've heard some people say, that, hey, man, we'll just – you know, come up with a money belt or whatever. But you know what? It might be, not be the worst thing for him to just be stripped of the belt and pick fights that do make interest. You know, because like GSP, for instance, that you yep. know he didn't need to come back and fight for a title. It just him coming back was a story enough in itself. You know what I mean? So if, if Conor just is at a point where, hey, he only wants to fight once every 18 months or every two years or whatever it is, and, and he just wants to handpick the fight that's most interesting to him, that's cool maybe it just doesn't have to be for the belt you know what i mean maybe maybe you know strip him of the lightweight title and then if he wants to fight at 170 he can fight at 170 if he wants to do a 162 pound catchweight fight with somebody i mean would it matter to you if he picked a fight that was at 162 pounds like of course not you're still gonna be like this is a conor mcgregor fight so i mean and for it seems
1: to him it's just about the dollar value right you know at this point as long as he's reaching his price point and he's happy with it that's fine and and i'm fine with that as well you know like I don't care if the dude can make all the much money in the world. I just want the legitimacy legitimacy of the sport to keep right. keep it real. Right. And I don't want people to keep thinking like, oh, well, who's fighting who? Wait, no, I thought he was in this division. I thought he was this. Wait, wait, he's not even a Let's boxer. See. Like, I just want it to feel. I don't. I'm tired of people just downplaying the sport like it's this niche thing because they're treating it the same. They're treating it as oh, we just do these fights that just are. And they're super, super entertaining. And I'm not saying they're not entertaining, but they just kind of go and just – they're doing these one-off little fights. So, I mean, how do you build a, a a strong organization or a strong division or a strong history if the history is marred by all these one-offs that are just going all the way, you know? like. Well,
0: I was going to say, I mean, I keep saying, I keep hearing people say, you know, like belts don't matter. And I, I think belts do still matter. I just think belts don't matter to Conor McGregor. You know what I mean? Like there, there's a couple of people that are so far up the food chain – that yeah, they don't need a belt, but for the for people that are still coming up and still yeah. building, it does mean something. Well, part of you know? it too.
1: I mean, what, what and it is the fact that for a lot of that uh, money is a big part because that opens up a whole different bargaining point. So I get it that belts do help the money. So I can see where people are going for that. But a lot of these people still have the romantic side of that these belts mean something. I am the champion. Right. I went up through the ranks. I fought the guys that were holding it. I won the belt. I am the win. I'm the winner. I'm the best. I'm for here to... For that is. moment in time, it can moment, never you, be taken it away It can from never you. be taken away, you know? It's
0: the reason I always make sure, you know, like, we always refer to people as former champion. You know, like yeah. the, the, some of our editors get so pissed at me because I, yeah. I go out of my way former to make sure... Force, yeah, and they're like, oh, can't we him. just say... I'm like, dude, don't take that away from that person. Yeah.
1: Like, Gagey was one of the ones that I know, uh, you know, how do you not call him a champ? You know, and he's coming in and you don't want to call him, oh... The just number five contender. We don't even do contenders yeah. or rankings or whatever. We in, just don't want to give them UFC
0: lightweight. UFC like, come lightweight. do will take away his. Cheers. Yeah,
1: kind of take kind of takes a little oomph out. So I mean, I love the fact that there are still fighters out there that uh, I don't want to call it the romantic side of thing because it's a it's a brutal sport. But the fact of they're still achieving what I think everyone as a kid or anyone that's ever been in sport that that belt that trophy at the end of the year, at the end of the season. You know, they want to see their name at, at the number one spot. Mm-hmm. And by getting these belts and obtaining that, you are putting yourself as the number one at the top of the food chain. And, uh, you know, granted, that does give some benefits to where you can get the money. And if you're in a position like Connor, where he's lucky enough, he can make those money fights, those things without a belt attached. And if, if that's your goal and you're not going to fight and it's been over a year, just walk just say here I I don't need this yep. I'm just going to just make sure that when I fight I'm going to get the money that I want to get you know yep. and let the division move on let the for the love of the sport I agree. move on don't try to hold it hostage for your own ego and for whatever trip that you're doing cuz you're still going to get the money that you want to get and you could still pick the fighters that you want to get but if you love the sport and if you love the organization well he does need to love the organization but if you respect the organization that's trying to keep this alive uh you know just say just vacate it just leave it and then go get your fights and do whatever i mean but stop trying to think that the the division owes you something by allowing you to hold on to it because it. it doesn't owe you anything
0: that's it. All right, so it sounds like maybe we'll get Tony Ferguson versus Habib Nurmagomedov. Of course, we've been trying to get that fight together uh, quite a few times now. And it hasn't happened. Hopefully, it's not just snake bit because I would love to see that fight. Uh, Tony Ferguson versus Habib Nurmagomedov, whether it's an interim title or an undisputed title, that is a phenomenal fight, and I definitely hope that we see it. I want to ask you, what do you think the tougher fight is for Conor? If, 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 if that's the way it plays out is that Tony and Habib fight, mm-hmm. and then the winner gets Conor, which one do you think is a tougher fight? Because I gotta say, man, I think they're both really, really, really tough matchups um, for Connor. I, I really do. I mean, the wrestling that we saw on display the other day against Edson Barbosa from Habib Nurmagomedov—if he's able to do that, you gotta think he's 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 just all over Connor. And right. I know that that was only three rounds, but he certainly didn't look like he was slowing down. I think he could keep going another two rounds, no problem. I will say this: the one thing I will say is that. Uh, you know, Edson Barbosa, where he's dangerous is kicking. I mean, kicking. not that he doesn't have good punches, right. but you need more range. You know what I'm yep. saying? You need more range. Your yep. balance is different. Yep. Connor just needs to punch you. He just needs to land the left hand, and he's really good at kind of that falling away and coming back movement. Yep. So if he's doing that little, you know, pull back and, and Habib moves forward and crack him with the left hand, I mean. Right. I, I,
1: who do, who wins between Connor and Edson Barbosa?
0: Think Connor, but Edson's right? strong, Edson's man. dangerous.
1: But I mean, when I think of it, I don't I don't have a problem in my mind thinking that with the 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 level of would a strike him. that Connor that Connor could almost easily beat him if he if he keeps distance. The thing is that the fact that Connor would want to keep that distance, which mm-hmm. keeps you in the kicking range of Edson, so maybe that works better in Edson's favor. But I still don't have a doubt in my mind that Connor would come become right. victorious in that. Yep. So it's hard for me to think. Oh, okay, what we saw between. Edson and Khabib will completely play out. Right, right. Uh, because you're right. I think he has a lot more dangerous weapons when it comes to the hands. You know, when he gets in that close quarters, you know, he's got that fucking sneaky quick uppercut. Mm-hmm. And these other little things that I, we didn't see that uh, when when Khabib was coming in, you, you weren't catching a lot of yeah. that stuff, you know.
0: And Khabib's definitely, I mean, if there's a place to beat him, it's on the feet. Right, I mean, he's the getting beep, better. Beep? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. He's, he's, you know, I he's mean, he's getting better, but he's still not the level of a. I mean, not definitely not a Connor, definitely not yeah. Edson. He's not that level.
1: No, but when he gets a hold, man, it was it was vicious. The way he was able to kind of control, and even when he had kind of Edson against the cage, he's reaching around and had that wrist with his right hand and just. Yeah. Teen off.
0: I feel here's teen the thing off is, on his head. I feel like Habib is a nightmare matchup for Connor, and I'm not saying yeah. that Connor is scared. He's not scared. He's not scared yeah. of anybody. Now, is it intelligent to avoid the guy that's a nightmare matchup? Yeah, that's called good business if you can do it. But eventually, you get to a point where you can't do it unless you switch divisions. But I, I feel like Habib is a nightmare matchup for Connor. But the thing is, I feel like Tony has a pretty good chance of beating Habib. You know, because I feel like Tony. Number one, really good on the feet, and so just hard, right. hard to deal with. But the other thing too is, you know, when you get on top of him, you know he's he's moving. He's da- like yeah. once he once Habib was on top of Edson, you're like, oh, I mean, you could just see it in Edson's yeah. eyes, he's like he's not going anywhere, right? But Habib on top of Tony, Tony's gonna be really dangerous. So it's yeah. it's interesting. Like, I I feel like Habib is the worst matchup for Connor, but I feel like. Tony is kind of the worst matchup in the division for Habib, so it's yeah. it's it's interesting yeah tony's
1: such a he's a very very dangerous striker, very unorthodox and and you're right when he gets on his back he's a very offensive from his guard, whereas uh difference it seems to me Edson was trying to get up right tony would try to keep his he- Mm -hmm. If you get him on the ground, he's going to try to stay active. He's going to try to go for a submission. He'll be spinning for a leg. He's not going to be trying to get up as easily as Edson. And that was the thing I think that kind of played to Khabib's favor is that when you don't have an opponent that's trying to attack you, that literally his only goal is to get up. He's trying to get up. He's not trying to hurt me. That means, all right, I just have to control him getting up, and then I can attack him. Just keep him.
0: following his hips, keep following up.
1: Tony's like, hey, oh, shoot, I got to make sure I don't leave my arm out there. Yeah. You know, he might take my arm. Oh, I got to I got to make sure he doesn't slip his legs behind my head. You know, like, he's a lot more dangerous. So you're right. I think it's it's a very, very dangerous um, fight for him. I think with Tony and Connor is that, you know, it'd be uh, – a striking difference. Mm-hmm. I think it, both of them were going to be trying to keep it on the feet but I could see where Tony's like, I get you on the ground. I got you. So hopefully it wouldn't distract him from trying to do these strikes that he does because I think if anything else he could probably catch Connor with some of these spinning kicks. Something you know, something that he's just... Because he kind of comes out of the blue with just some of these strikes that he has. I think he has a good way of doing it. I just wouldn't want him to try to get distracted with the whole mindset of that. He knows that if he gets Connor on the ground he has the advantage. Mm-hmm and then put all the other stuff away and just make that the goal of, okay, I'm going to throw a couple jabs. I'm going to throw a kick. Then I got to take – I, I got to do a takedown attempt, you know. Yep. I wouldn't want him to do something like that because then it's – if that's his goal, Connor's going to catch him.
0: And that changes everything. He's going to
1: catch him in yeah. one of those times, and then he's going to wobble him, and then all that's going to go out the window, and then Connor takes over.
0: I just hope that I, – I, I hope that Connor does drop the title, man. I hope that if – maybe he doesn't even wait for the UFC to strip him, you know Maybe yeah. he just drops whatever. I think that's fine. I want to see – Tony versus Habib, and then I want to see the winner versus Connor. And I want to see both of it this year. I just I hope I hope that we get it. You know, yeah. As much as I say, I, you know, I'm frustrated with Connor. I'm just frustrated with the beg me stuff. I, I still want to see the guy yeah. fight, man. I, I love the guy's fights, and, and again, the you know the attention they brings, the notoriety of the, that, that he brings to the sport. Like I just hope we get to see all that play out because I feel like now, you know, Edson was that guy that was you know these guys are the top four in that division. Okay, one guy just got knocked out. You know what I mean? It's like a little round robin we got going on. All right. Number four is out of the picture. Now we got this top three, and I want to see them all come together. So, yeah, man, fingers crossed that happens. Let's
1: get rid of all this interim shit. Yeah, let's, let's just get the belt back to what it is. You know, get it these just,
0: badass fights on. And just
1: feels weird. Go to the lightweight page, and there's there's Conor's picture, and it's like, man, when was the last time you November fought?
0: November two thousand sixteen. You know, it, it's crazy. It
1: is crazy. It's two thousand eighteen on the lightweight, like the the official belt, if that's the official or whatever,
0: has not been defended. Has not been defended.
1: Months. And it's not an injury issue.
0: Yeah, and I don't yeah. get it. You got to go take the boxing match, but uh, anyway. All right. Well, speaking of keeping everybody in the same division and, and keeping the belts, it sounds like Dana is leaning towards Cyborg versus Amanda Nunes. So Amanda Nunes moving up to 145 pounds. He says that's the fight to make rather than Megan Anderson. Um, it's been kind of a weird couple of days. You know, I've it, everybody kept jumping on this. Cyborg says she wants to fight Megan in Australia. I mean, I asked in the press conference, "Do you mean in six weeks?" and Cyborg was like, oh, whoa, whoa. I don't know about six weeks. Like my hands are kind of hurt a little bit. Like I don't know about that. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, I said afterwards I was kind of leaning towards the Megan Anderson fight uh, over the Amanda Nunes fight. But it sounds like Dana is leaning in the other direction. Um, I just wonder where they'll where they'll t- try to find a spot for it because it does. From from my understanding, there is going to be a pay per view in Brazil this year. I think uh, I think June in Rio is the current. Working plan I, I don't know if that's uh, Official yet but I believe that sounds about the right For it um, I guess that would be good for it. I mean would that that probably be the best spot for it Right do 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 Brazil versus Brazil In Brazil
1: I I think it Would finally be one of those cards Where I think Brazil Brazilians would be like Yes this is what we've been asking for um, I think when Verdoom was Down there that was <laughs> that was A title fight and I'm glad that they were They were they had that uh, didn't end their way right. you know but i know how excited they were and oops sorry about that cat knocked your uh, <laughs> your phone <laughs> into the, the trash ground. can i'm telling you he is the most playful <laughs> oh, little dude, fucker he went straight
0: to the trash can um Constantly Cold Coffee comes with some challenges
1: <laughs> um but cyber gets such a huge pop in brazil uh, yep. i mean she gets without a doubt like what anderson used to get when she's anderson a star was right winning now. She, she is a star she's got to be probably the biggest Start and so it'd be interesting to see her and Amanda, two Brazilians uh, with belts coming back there. I think it'd be interesting because it'd be it I, it. I wonder if the crowd would actually get tore between the two, right, and pick sides, or if it's just a matter of you know they're just happy because it's a Brazil wins no matter what, you know, sort of event. But uh, that would be good. I would, I would dig it. Uh, <laughs> I, I like Amanda, I like her power, uh, I like her chances, but I don't. I still, I still just don't see it. uh, I don't know know, picking
0: a cyborg in any. That's
1: I don't know. Holly, Holly took her into deeper waters, but didn't hurt her. I know. Even when she got her against the cage, I thought Holly had the best chance to beat her. Never struck. She held her against the cage, and it was like just like, oh, I'm gonna tire her out a little bit, but. Yeah. She just took it, yep. and she didn't get tired from it, you know. So that's definitely not the strategy. I guess that's the strategy if you want to take it into, like, a decision or that sort of deal. I don't see Amanda trying to do that. I see Amanda being busier if she does get it uh, to the cage. We did see. I mean, that was a big thing right there. Uh, it can be done. People can control Chris against the cage, uh, whether they you can actually do some strikes. I mean, half the time, Holly got her against it, and Chris was still throwing knees. Yep. You know, so she was more active. I think Amanda probably has a better chance to maybe do it because Amanda's another one of those women that is just stronger than she looks. Definitely. You know, she's very, very strong. So, uh, you know, maybe she'd be a little bit more active. It'd be fun. I wouldn't mind seeing Megan either. I mean, Megan, uh, she's been asking for it for a long time. Cyborg has been asking for that for a long time. I was excited to see that. Uh, I still don't think Megan. Would fare uh, decently well. I think Amanda probably would fare better than Megan. Yeah, you know, but Megan—at
0: um, least Megan's a legit featherweight. You know, yeah. she's got a title in another in another organization, and she's,
1: she's and she has that possibility. She could be an it like an it fighter. Oh, she's, she definitely. She's has got it. the look. Yep. She's got the swagger. Yep. You know, I love. She's all tatted up. And she's right. just like a badass. Yep. You know, so I think that's the kind of thing that even casuals can look at it and be like, "Oh, okay," you know, like. Yep. Here we go. You know like I can, I can get behind this. I'd hate to th- start thinking of some of the the memes. I'm I'm already overthinking in my head of people, you know, saying, you know, I mean just for the one I can see like beauty versus beast. You know, the monster, the robot, the cyborg versus the the beauty or whatever. I can already see all that bullshit. Um but man, that would be a fun fight just for the fact that you know, uh, I love it when these girls call out cyborg. Right. When they ask for it. And then when they get it. And then they get in the cage. And then they taste a couple of those punches. Ooh, you, and then they're just like, oh, okay.
0: You see it on a lot of faces. Never mind. You, know, you never saw it on Hollies. But you, you see it on a yeah. lot of fighters' faces where they're like, you know, there's been fighters that say uh, they insist on calling her Christiani or whatever. They're like, I'm, I you know, I won't call her Cyborg. She's, yeah. she's got a name. She's a person. You know, They yeah. try to try to humanize her or whatever, right. you know, but then they get in there and they taste it. And they're like, oh, yeah. this was – no, this is not what yeah. I signed up for.
1: But you're right about Holly. Holly Holly weathered it well. I mean, not physically. Like, her face was tore up towards the end, but she didn't give – she uh, didn't t- – there the were the no picture, tells. The
0: picture she took with Bruce Buffer at the yeah, after party. Yeah, Oh, my gosh. Ugh,
1: I can only imagine the stories Bruce wowed her with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce. <laughs> Bruce has got some stories he's man. got some stories he has got he's got some, got some stories. stories but no that should be that should be a fun one no, um,
0: I guess you know I just want to see the division built it's funny so uh, kind of I guess behind the scenes um we're working on some it stuff where we are our, our rankings for made junkie yeah. right now we only have uh women's band weight and women's straw weight so we're we're working on some revisions but we can't just go in there and add more rankings but w- what we need to do is uh we're getting women's fly weight added we're getting women's pound for pound added. And I said we need to go ahead and and have women's featherweight. I mean, if this is a division that has a UFC title in it, then we need to have rankings for it. You know what I mean? And uh, granted, I know it's not going to be easy because, I mean, as far as the divisions concerned in the UFC, I think you only have Cyborg. And then – so we're going to have to really go outside. Um, And it was funny because we had a little bit of internal dialogue like, hey, do we really want to have a women's featherweight rankings? Especially, you know, we go 15 deep plus three honorable mentions when there's only – one person on the on the roster, and I was yeah. like, "Listen, if there's a UFC title and and there's a Bellator title as well in the same division, like the two biggest organizations in the world both feature this division and both have champions, yes, we need to have rankings. So I guess maybe that's part of the selfish part of me too is 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 having fights between women that are going to stay at 145. Like yep. I, I can't imagine. I mean, maybe Amanda would if she was able to win both titles, maybe she'd try to defend both because I guess all it mean would basically be if she was fighting featherweight, she just wouldn't have to cut weight that week. You know what I mean? So yeah. maybe she would try to defend both. But uh, I don't know. It's interesting. I, I You know, I, I said I like the idea of the fight, and it sounds like that's what they're going to do. Um, I don't know. I, maybe they'll do it in Brazil for that pay-per-view. I think that would make a lot of sense. But what I do wonder about, you know, it, it did seem like maybe they were going – you know, when, when Cyborg came out right away saying, what about Megan in Australia? You, you know how sometimes the UFC – like, you can tell. You've been around this game long enough and this company long enough. I mean, you can tell fighters that win that immediately start asking for something else that, that, you know, somebody's been in their ear saying, oh, by the way, yeah. if you win here and you're healthy enough, we sure would like to get you on this card. Right. You know what I mean? And that, and I, I did kind of get a sense that that's what they were trying to do. Um, but it, after going five full rounds and, you know, not getting tagged a lot, but getting touched up a little bit, I did think, well, maybe that's going to be out of the question now. But she kind of mentioned it, and that's why I asked her to clarify about six weeks. But it does make me wonder, man, you know, UFC 221 in Perth it's a good card and I know it's going to sell out it's going to sell out from everything we've been told and and it may you know I haven't been tracking ticket sales I really don't track ticket sales in advance uh, I kind of wait till I get down there usually but uh, everybody that it had had told us that, you know, Perth and Western Australia couldn't wait to get the UFC. You know, they do like crazy yep. social numbers and stuff like that. So I'm sure they're going to sell out. Um, and it's it's got local interest. I mean, you've got Mark Hunt on there against Curtis Blades. That's going to sell tickets. Uh, Two Avasa is on there. That's going to sell tickets. Jake Matthews is on there. He'll probably sell a few tickets. Tyson Pedro's on there. Damian oh, Browns man. on there. That's good. Yeah, you got you got the locals in there, you know. Yeah. Ben Wen is in there. You got the style bender, the new kid in there as well.
1: Australia travels well. That's they one do. thing that we've definitely have heard when we've gone to events that, you know, people have, oh, I came from you Know northern Australia yeah. or you know, or eastern or western or whatever, and like it's a huge it's country, big. yeah. So, I mean, the fact that they they travel very, very well, so I, I think if it doesn't matter, even with just the names that's already listed, I could definitely see that event. It's gonna sell, sell out, out there's no question. For but sure. I
0: do wonder how it's gonna do on pay per view because yeah. Whitaker versus Rockhold is a big fight, yeah. But it's not, you know, you got Whitaker who's really weird. Uh, God bless Robert Whitaker, man, he is a, an incredible fighter but has just been turning down media requests left and right. Uh, the UFC has been asking him to do some stuff and he doesn't want to do it. Um, and I get it. You know, he's so the answer I've been hearing is he's just so focused on training. He doesn't want to break camp. He doesn't yeah. want to have to travel all the way from Australia to the United States to hype a fight that's happening in Australia. And and, and man, I, I, I get that. I, I think yeah. that's, that's admiral dedication to your craft, but it might be a touch short sighted as well. I mean, you you got to cash in, right? you got to strike while the iron's hot. And not to say that he can't beat Luke Rockhold. He he, he, he very well could and maybe even should beat Luke Rockhold. Um, but Luke Rockhold's a dangerous fighter that's been elite for a long time. So, you know, your time in the spotlight could, could be gone before you know it. And it's it's kind of a weird balance, right? Like, you really do have to stay committed to being the best fighter you can. But I also feel like you've got to, you know, maximize your finances yeah. and maximize your time in the spotlight because this – Robert Whittaker versus Luke Rockhold is a very important fight in the division, but I don't know that it feels like a big fight.
1: Yeah, and I wonder if uh, I mean because I don't think every champ immediately gets points in a pay per view either. Mm. So at this point, I can definitely see. I mean, it's already going to sell. out. I can see where in his mind he's like, "I'm getting my guaranteed I get money. Paid the same I'm going to get my money regardless. So why am I going to travel?" It's not my job to sell it in America. That's your job to sell it, you know. Fair point. So I, I think he's going to do fine over there. So I could see maybe if they they switch something up and maybe that's the sticking point that he's waiting on, the, the matter of they're not lubing it up enough for yeah. him, you know. I, Throw I, me I, a couple
0: points and yeah, maybe I get on that plane. I mean, because we
1: saw the, the the promotional things that come out and it talks about the different uh, events that they have to be willing to do, and a lot of that was about doing it in the country of the event. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me that that's not an issue, but I mean, we've both done that travel over to Australia. It's a long flight. It's a long. And flight. And if you're legit in your training camp, which he would be right now, that's a huge. That's a huge thing. And we've seen many, many fighters before uh, say, "Hey, don't make me do this during my fight camp. Yep. You know, I want to be the best that I can be." So I get it. So, you know, uh, whether or not he comes over here to do one presser during a Vegas event it's not going to change whether I think most people are going to buy the pay-per-view anyways, because I think, you know, most of those pressers get put on regular TV. I think if anything else, just do a presser over there and just broadcast it back here, you know, maybe do a Fox, you know, if there's a Fox event, just do a live tie into maybe, I don't know, a, a game or something. Yeah. They could work something where they could promote it where he doesn't have to, but it is, it's so close to the event. And I just don't see it changing. It, I, so I could see him sticking to his guns because at this point, you know, uh he he's doing his part to uh do what he needs to do to make that fight what it needs to be. And it's not his job ultimately to be the one that's he can't make everybody it's in America. Double edged sword the, though, right?
0: You know what I mean? If you're like it's not my job and then and then you go, Why am I not popular and why am I not making money? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's such a double edged sword.
1: If anything, I mean like put the little pretty boy, send Rockhold out and around, let him do his thing. I mean, like, he's been gone. I feel like we haven't seen well, him th- forever. Like I think that's why. They should be working him through the market, I like, nonstop.
0: I f- and I think you that's know? what contributes to the fact that this doesn't feel like it maybe as important a fight as it is yeah. because Luke's been gone so long. You yeah. know, I think he's fallen out of, you know, the, what have you done for me lately, right? I mean, oh, out of sight, sure. out of mind. I mean, re- right? I mean, th- he was the it boy for yeah. a while, right? But now he's been yeah. gone so long that I feel like people are like, oh, yeah, I kind
1: of remember Luke Rockhold, yeah. you know? But then seeing what he did to Branch was just like, holy shit. Yeah. Branch was legit and Rockhold looks so dominant. But that's the thing, you know, it's like just take that, package it up in a press conference thingy, and go, here you go, this is the guy that you're gonna get. You know, but people like to see Rockhold they like to he's, I mean, he speaks well, he, he sells a fight well, he's a good looking dude. I mean the chicks dig him, so like throw him out and do stuff. Don't make the other guy that's fifteen hour flight or longer flight away have to come over for some meaningless little press conference that most people aren't even going to tune into except for the diehards. And the diehards
0: were already on the – probably going to buy it anyway. They
1: might buy it already just for the fact of the other people that are doing it, you know. So I don't know. It's tough. I I get get it that the promotion wants it. But, yeah, I mean, it's – you know, I think that's – it's not just these fighters in this particular instance. I think it's any international fight. How do you make an American audience – want to do it and you can try to send these fighters and you can try to uh, you know send them around and see if that do it but you know how about instead for an international fight or something drop the price point a little bit so that it makes it more enticing for the American audience to buy something that's out of the market that's a little bit further away you know something especially if none of these fighters are getting points or whatever you're not you you might be losing a a small percentage but if you're make, knocking it down to a point to where you have a 10% uptick in buys because mm-hmm. it's $10 less, I think it would make up the difference. You know, I think there's different ways they could do it, but just putting these fighters out in front of all these people in these pressers or these random radio hits. That's not going to really sell it. I mean, I, they got to find a different way to do it. I appreciate when the fighters do want to do it because I think a lot of them do like to get out there and see things. But I think if they really want to do it, put more of these fighters in the promos. Do specific prom- promos about the individual fights that people might forget about it. Half the time they do the promos, they just do the main, the co-main, and maybe one other fight. You know, yep. there might be nine other fights on the on the card that you have no idea about. You know, make the make the promos more inclusive of the other fighters. You know, make people understand the 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 full brevity of what a big event it might be, instead of just doing these other things. So. I mean, I agree. Fighters should be able to do some of these things, but I think they can. The UFC could try to look internally and try to find ways to be more creative, and stop putting everything on the back of these fighters and expect them to go out and sell the things. You know, I mean, they're doing a lot of work. What
0: are they doing to push Tai Vasa What are they doing to push Li Jingling? What are they doing right. to push Tyson Pedro? Yeah, what are they doing? we
1: love those cats, and yep. I think most of the directors are all, and everybody are all, listening, those
0: are all roadshow guys, right yeah, there. Yeah, these
1: are these are people we we dig because you know we've gone out and we've actually been in front of them. You know, I want to hear more of their stories. I know we can do a better job, you know, when we do, when we see them to try to push these stories out. But you're the organization that's paying their paychecks, for God's sake. Like, do the work to really sell it and, and don't just put it on the backs of the main event. You have some other stars in there that can do just as well. And people might be like, oh, that's the difference. I forgot. I love that guy. I didn't know he was fighting on that pay per view. Oh hell, all right, that was enough. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull my wallet out and go. And then if there's other little financial things that they can work out, I think there's ways they could do it. If they're willing to bend on this, you know, this this these price points that they put out for these events, like don't just always assume that they're gonna be sixty dollars. Tier them like other things as well. You know, like they tier it's fight like Boxing does and
0: other that, stuff. right? Yeah. Boxing does that. You know, your Mayweather fights, your Pacquiao fights always cost like $10 more than the regular ones do. For sure. Whatever.
1: I mean, I think, you know, especially if it's an international one and it might not be at the best hour or something, make it enticing for somebody to want to do it. Because then, hey, maybe instead of saying, all right, I have to budget out because I want to get two pay per views this year. So I got to budget out like $120. Well, how about we budget out so you get both of those and it's $100? Yeah. You know, one it's can still be sixty bucks kind of and the dynamic, other one can be forty. bucks. They, they do
0: dynamic pricing with tickets. You know what yeah, I mean? Like all that's the time. that's become all the th- which I just I didn't really realize how prevalent this is now. Not just for the UFC, but just like everything dynamic pricing. Like yeah. everything goes up and down. It's all yep. you know. As you get closer, maybe it drops or it fails. You know, it's all supply and demand and. You know, the, the prices that are announced at the start of the on-sale don't necessarily mean the prices that you're going to pay sure. along the way. So maybe you could do the same thing for but, a pay-per-view. And I think
1: and that even happens in music sometimes. Say if you want to go watch an event, you know, sometimes the ticket price starts at one range, and then the day of the show, the ticket's different. I mean, like... They have room to move. They just got to be more flexible, and I think they could probably do a better job of selling the stuff if they're willing to do that sort of stuff. But regardless, I'm excited for that first card. I think it's it's outstanding. I think I think the Rockhold fight uh, and Whitaker fight. I'm you know I'm at the point where it's like. I just I I won't I can't bet against Whitaker uh, now. Whittaker, I can't. What he's able to. I think, what he's, I, done.
0: I think I'm like 0 for seven and picking this fight. <laughs> yeah, man.
1: dude. And now this, will, you know, not to jinx him but like, yeah. all right, I'm I'm going all in on Whitaker, and then Rockhold does what Rockhold does. You know, and,
0: and I, I I think you know Whitaker. You know, you mentioned like you know the, the long flight. I think the problem is, as you said, we've we've gone down there quite a bit, the two yeah. of us. I think he just needs to take uh, some advice from the roadshow, and that is, you know. Just get belligerently drunk. <laughs> I was gonna say what Xanax just, and whiskey. Get- or what, what
1: are we talking about? What different? What flavors should we just? <laughs> D- my, I I sh- I
0: I hesitate, but I I told this story to to Abby Suban uh, the other day, and he's like, "You have to tell that on the show." And I'm like, "What? Well, it it makes me sound pretty pretty awful." But did I even tell you about my last trip to 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 Sydney? I don't know. I guess. Not. Right. I don't know. So okay. So, here's the deal. So, uh, the way you get to Sydney from Vegas, obviously, you go Vegas to LAX, LAX to Sydney. Now, there were two flight options that were the same price. One had a one-hour layover. One had a three-hour layover. The thing about LAX is, uh, because I'm One World uh, Emerald, uh, I get the good fortune of going into the first-class lounge for Qantas Airlines, which is of
1: course hubba, hubba
0: freaking awesome. They've got, like, all the liquor you can drink there. they got food that you can order off a of menu, so it's not even like a little buffet or whatever, like... It's, you know, nice food that you can order off the menu. And again, cocktails, they've got a shower there, so if you want to take, like, one quick shower before you get on board. Uh, so I booked. <laughs> Even though you just flew it took from. 45 minutes. Vegas oh, to, you know, like, get you yourself like, oh, I'm nice sweaty, and clean. i
1: sweaty, dog. I had, like, 20 drinks.
0: So <laughs> I so I, I booked myself the three-hour layover so that I could get nice an and toasted. Because here's the thing. It's 15 hours. Yeah. It's 15 hours from LAX to Sydney, and – you know, you could sleep eight hours like a normal night, watch a couple of movies, and still have time to kill. And it's it's not even fun to, like, watch the map because it's just a plane over water. I mean, it's just it's blue. So my strategy when I go to... Sydney is basically just get as drunk as possible and pass out on the plane. As you said, one time uh you assisted me in that cold coffee in that we drank quite a bit of Jack Daniels and then you were like, Hey, do you want to take this quarter Xanax? And I was like, Well, I've never taken a Xanax before. Yes I will. Well, I mean I have, but a long time ago. <laughs> but I was like, Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Took the quarter Xanax, uh, literally slept for fifteen hours. Like we took off and I was asleep before we took off and like we literally touched down. And I was waking up at that time. I slept. I, Crazy. I, I literally, I'm assuming at some point I was clinically dead along the way. So, <laughs> so this, so I booked a three-hour layover, uh, and I take full advantage of the three-hour layover, uh, and and I get sufficiently, uh, you know, roadshow ready. I get, I get, I get airplane ready, right? So uh, I'm like, all right. I remember, you know time to go guys we got to go get bored you know a couple other people that were on the same flight including uh fiasco jones had showed up he was only on the one hour layover so we had a couple drinks with him it was like all right fellas you guys ready to go let's walk down cool let's walk down all right so we head down to uh to go get on the plane well that's all i remember that's that's all i remember so i remember getting up to go now at some point uh the next thing i remember is i'm in my seat in the in the in the plane and i wake up and i'm like uh, I don't remember walking down here, like, <laughs> at all. And I look up on the map, and there's three hours left. So I've slept, like, 11 and a half hours, okay? and But I'm like, I really don't remember getting here. So I was like, all right, well, then all of a sudden I had the most weirdest feeling. I'm like, did I get my gear? Like... I don't remember grabbing my gear from the lounge. See, so I don't check bags. I, I only do carry on. Uh, Cold Coffee carries more gear than I do, so he has to check his bags. I only carry everything on. So I'm like, I really don't remember getting my gear at all. <laughs> I'm like, so my computer and my camera may still be sitting in the lounge in L.A. I'm like, I'm flying to Australia <laughs> and, and may not have any gear. I'm like, uh, okay, um, All right, hold on, hold on. So I remember uh, one of uh, a UFC buddy of ours that that works for the company. I remember, you know, he was with me for the last hour, and I remember him saying he was in row 13, I was in row 11. So I kind of look around just to kind of see where he is, and I turn around and I happen to catch his eye, like he was looking around the same time I was. So we happen to make eye contact, and so I'm kind of looking for something reassuring, like, hey, what's up? Instead, he gives me this look like. (laughs) oh no that's not good radio there but it's one of those (laughs) looks like like you know funny eyes like oh my gosh can't believe we did that or you did that or whatever I was like okay all right oh that's not good that was not the reassuring glance I was looking for so at this point I'm like I have to make sure my gear is here right so I'm like all right you know cool so I get up you know stand up luckily I'm on the aisle because the Mars on the aisle get up pull down the luggage bin my luggage is not there Push it back up, sit back down. I'm like, fuck. Like I don't have my gear, dude. Like I was I always put my gear right above me where I'm sitting. Right, mm-hmm. it's not there. So I'm like, I was, I don't understand why it wouldn't be there. So, uh, in my head, I started thinking, okay, uh, what can I do? Um, I, I know some people that live in Australia. I can maybe borrow some gear off them. Uh, I can, you know, and so in my head, I'm, I'm, I'm figuring an emergency plan of how I'm going to react once I get down there because I can't call Dan Stupp and be like, bro, listen, mm. here's the deal. <laughs> I've got to wait an extra 24 hours for my gear to get there, right? Great. So, I'm, you know, in my head, I've got it. Like, all right, cool. So I'm like, all right. So at this point, there's like two hours left. I've been milling in my head for a while. I'm like, all right, two hours left on this flight. I'm like, I'm gonna go back to sleep, but there's nothing I can do about it now. It's done. It's done. Can't do anything till land. Going back to sleep. So I try to lay there, and I'm like. Trying to you know close my eyes, and I'm like, it's just still burning me. I was like, nah, nah, this is not going to work. I was like – so I was like, I got I to gotta search all the places around me. You so. didn't go ask the guy to start? No, 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 no. Well, because I, I started thinking, like, I, I mean, would he pay attention to the fact that I don't have my – you know what I mean? Like, I, well, you I would, would th- probably figure, notice. I would
1: figure, like, if he was with me for the last hour and you thought to look at him, that he probably walked on the
0: plane with you. Right, but, it, I mean – yeah, that might've been a good strategy. So, but I, instead I, so I, I, so I get up and I start, I I, I look at the, across the way, right? Pull another one down. None of my gear. I go back and I'm in the front, I'm in the front row of coach basically. I'm in the very first row of coach. So I check four different luggage containers all around me and, and it's not there. And I'm like, I, I definitely don't have my gear. Like, this is not, this is not good. (laughs) This is not good. Uh, and, And so I sat back down and I thought, man, like, dude, like I know we talk sometimes about maybe I maybe I drink too much <laughs> but I'm like this is uh this is rock bottom dude I'm like yeah this is absolutely rock bottom like I've gotten onto a plane to Australia and do not have my Without gear with me I cannot take pictures I cannot shoot video I cannot write a story I cannot I mean I can't I can't do anything like this is rock bottom So at this point now there's like an hour and a half left and I'm like fuck it like I'm going to search every baggage container. Like, I don't care how dumb I look. So I double checked those four that I, I was like, maybe I'm still a hazy. I was like, let me double check these four again. So I double checked the four in front of me and I was like, I wouldn't have gone back. That doesn't make any sense. Like, why would I go back behind me? I was like, I'm going to go up to business. Like, I don't care what they say. Like, I'm going to go up to business and I'm going to start searching for it. Pull the first one down, business not there. And, you know, everybody's kind of looking at me like, what are you doing up here? Like, the hell? Like, get back there, you peon. I'm like, I'm one world <laughs> emerald bastard. I just didn't get my upgrade. Uh, Second one, I pull it down. There's my gear right there, and I'm like, "Fuck you!" Thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Close the door back up. So, uh, the uh, flight attendant comes by. She's like, uh, you "Guys, need any beverages?" Knowing that I have not hit rock bottom, I'm like, "I'll take a white wine, please." <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep the party going.
1: <laughs> oh jeez. Oh, uh, but for for so like, you were in, in the first row, coach. Yeah. So I wonder if you just was that is that uh, what do you call it uh, uh, bulkhead? Yeah, it's got the bulkhead right there. So you have to put your thing. It's not like you could put a bag that's underneath. That's right. That's right. So, so maybe if you were just maybe, walking and you just saw an opening and you just immediately it up stuck there. it in there.
0: It might have been. It might have been. Or like maybe like the the one right above us was already taken. I mean, I should have been first on, but I, literally, I remember leaving the lounge and that's yeah. it did you talk to the, yeah, the So other the guy? other person so the other person by the way whose name show remained nameless at this time but was also involved in the uh brazilian brothel story uh <laughs> i was like I, you know i was telling him my story he's like what's well, funny you mention that he's like because i also do not remember walking to the plane at <laughs> oh, all Jesus. he was like but i woke up and he was like he basically woke up like the moment that we happened to you know lock eyes was the moment that he had just woken up as well. <laughs> and he was kind of looking around for like, what the hell just happened? Like, where are we? What happened? Oh, Jesus. And he was looking around, but he, he, his story was much nicer because he woke up and there was a, a huge, like, two-liter bottle of water, like, in his seat back. Like, he he doesn't remember leaving the club, but he, he had the well with all to, to go grab a big water. bottle of water because he knew he was going to be a little dehydrated. So he fared much better. He yeah, veteran. found bonus material. <laughs> me – I was worried that I had hit rock bottom. Yeah.
1: Well, there is a lesson to be learned. Uh, Yes.
0: (laughs) Ballast point home game. Uh. (laughs) All right, so another big interview that dropped this week. Uh, Jeff Nowitzki with joe rogan man i thought this was awesome i uh rarely get to watch the uh the joe rogan experience live but uh, you know he's he's launched this mma show now which i think is really cool he's you know because obviously he gets incredible guests uh you know certainly the connections he has help with that and you know the reach that he has is, is pretty amazing as well so i don't see why any ufc fighter wouldn't want to go on his program and you know he can sit down and do a nice long form with him so uh, i really love it not that his other guests aren't great but sometimes they're just it's too much for me man i live inside the mma bubble and Sometimes I just, you know, I, I, when it's too far outside the bubble, I don't get it. But this MMA show, I'm loving. And and for Jeff Nowitzki to go on there and spend as much time as he did, a little over two hours, I think I actually got a chance to watch it live because I was off and I was kind of working on some stuff around the house. So I got to have it and watch it. But um, I, I thought this was cool. And, you know, I don't know how much interaction the general public has had with Jeff Nowitzki. I mean, we've seen him give a couple of statements here and there. He's done a couple of video, you know, interviews, but not a ton. Uh, you and I get to see him quite a bit, not only – uh, you know, being on the road. Cause he's at most of these events. He tries to get there and, and, and really help, you know, kind of be hands on with the athletes and make sure that, you know, they see him face to face and they get a chance to know him and they know that they don't need to be worried about him. You know, that he's, he's in their favor. Uh, I mean, but I, I thought this was really cool because the, the dude is just so, you know, forthright about the, I mean, just, he's forthcoming, I should say about things, um, in, 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 just willing to address a lot of topics and a lot of situations, and just give you as much detail as he can. Of course, he's limited at some point sure. uh, to what he can say. But I, I thought it was a really, really good interview. And um, you know, it's funny. I I was uh, I was at Extreme Couture yesterday because my uh, my kid was actually working out, but. I was working out simultaneously, sir. Oh. Yes. Now that my kid has been there for several months, he's more comfortable in the classes. He doesn't need me there for for reassurance, and and uh, you know. So I was uh, off to the side, just you know, just a little. In the cage? the cage? Just, in do the a little, cage? just doing, doing a little tre- No, no, sir. Not <laughs> no, just doing a little treadmill. Just doing. I, I might get. I might get back to MMA training at some point, but I feel kind of. I don't know. I feel kind of feel kind of weird doing it you know what I mean yeah. like especially if you're going to be in there with, like people you're supposed to be covering like there's there needs to be some kind of like professional distance I mean not that I'd be rolling I mean, there's definitely not that I'd be rolling in talent ta- you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not that I'd be like in pro practice rolling but I don't know it feels it feels kind of weird but uh, but it was funny uh I ran to Todd Duffy of all people, oh, who's yeah. living in California now, but he's in town uh, just taking care of a few things in Vegas this week, and he's getting in some work at, at Extreme Couture while he was there. But it was funny. He walked in, and I'm not sure if he was more shocked just to see me because I hadn't seen him in a while or if he was shocked because I was on a treadmill. So he, <laughs> he, he definitely had a kind of a, a funny look. But uh, it was funny because he was just about to listen to the piece as well. He, he showed me his, his phone. He was like, oh, I'm about to listen to this with uh, with Jed Nowitzki. I was like, oh, bro, I just checked it out. And Ty Duffy, he was like, man, this dude – He's like, this dude is the man. I mean, he's like, I really like him. Like, this guy is so, like, he's so informative and straightforward and honest. And uh, I don't know, man, it, was cool. it was, I was cool. I was glad to see him get that, that piece out there. So, yeah. I don't know if you would gotten a chance to check no, out a of it, but I, I was impressed by it. I, I think he's a guy that, uh, I, I don't know, I, I, I've been impressed by him and what he's accomplished so far in the UFC. Sure.
1: No, I didn't know that Joe had started doing these little MMA shows. I know it's awful close to the MMA Road Show, so uh, watch it there, Joseph. Joseph, Joseph uh, Rogan, I got my eye on you. But, no, I think that's great. I mean, you're right. I mean, when it comes to a platform and dude that's got his, uh, you know, I mean, I, we hear as much, you know, you see it in a lot of the post-fight interviews, guys are like, dude, I've been dreaming of this moment of, one, getting the arm raised in the UFC, but then get interviewed by Joe afterwards. Right. So I think a lot of guys will probably be clamoring. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I love some of his off-the-world, off, the world, off The cuff sort of out of this world talks in his regular show, so I'm glad that he has one that's based around uh, uh, just MMA stuff. And Nowitzki, man, yeah, he's a he's a he's a good character, man. Uh, I've never seen anything that would make me think that he was shady or a bit, you know, like a company dude. Like I don't I don't see him as like being just like a company guy. I mean, even when we heard talks and we tried to poke about certain fighters, you know, and he was for the for the 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 most part, it was very blatant in saying, like, you know, I can't say anything that's going to, you know, just, you know, let out fighter information, you know, uh, I could say whatever, you know, up to a certain point, you mm-hmm. know, and so he always has the fighters, uh, uh, I don't want to say their, their
0: best, best interest, best yeah, interest but-
1: because, you know, he is a company guy, but he's not trying to throw people under the bus, you know, just for the sake of, for a for the company. He's on their side. He's on their side. So, he's on their uh, side. He's,
0: he, I, he just, I, I think you're right. I think mean, you hit the nail on the head. He's, he's he's not a company guy and that's what you want. I mean, I know yeah. a lot of people, this USADA program is still, you know, still creates controversy and still isn't necessarily 100% perfect. And he even admits that, you know, but yeah. um, you know, they continue to get better and they continue to improve. So uh, I think he is definitely the right guy for the job and he's done some fantastic stuff, but he, he had some nuggets of news in there too. You know, we'd kind of heard some rumblings that John Jones, um, you know, might be okay. You know, I, I think we always knew he wasn't going to get that four years. Um, I, I was still of the idea that he was probably going to get two. Um, it sounds like maybe it might go down to his, uh, you know a year, a year and a half. Um, but you know, Nowitzki, I, I, I think it's good. You know, he's only he's only able to talk about certain things. But I like the fact that he's kind of honest and saying, "Look, here's what the information tells us. It tells us that he probably didn't do this on purpose." And I think most of us knew that. I think most of us knew that John Jones is not a blatant cheater. He doesn't need to be. He's such a gifted athlete uh, that he doesn't need performance-enhancing drugs to, to succeed as well. In fact, you know, we used to hear stories. grabbing mean, The great Brian Stan was one that used to – I mean, I think he said he almost quit one day because, you know, John Jones showed up like still drunk from the night before and just threw him around like a rag doll. And he's like, why am I even participating in this sport where this dude is just like – half-ass trying and he's whipping my ass like what am I even doing in this sport um so he's not a guy that needs to cheat um so I I am I I am happy because nobody wants to see John Jones away you want to see John Jones fighting but god damn John Jones to start paying attention to what you're putting in your body right I mean it sounds like from all indications and we've heard the 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 working theories that it may have been from an illicit drug where he, that was laced with something that showed up on a test, which you you certainly can't prove because you can't get the same batch of that illicit drug. But yeah. um, you know, I, I know John Jones isn't a cheater, but I also know that you know he's he's a champion, and you know you talked about the character and the person and and those sort of things, man. Like, bro, like. Oh, I hope this has just been a hu- like. I hope this is not a situation where John feels like he, you know, he got out of something again. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, oh, I can just keep doing this. Like, they look at this man. This stuff just keeps sliding right off of me. I keep getting yeah. out. I got nine lives, man. They can't get me. Like, I hope that this is one. Like, oh my God, I almost lost my entire career. For the next few years, I have got to be careful what I put in my body. And then once I retire and I'm wealthy. I can do whatever the hell I want because right. ain't nobody going to be testing me. Yep. But for now, while you're being tested, like, please, John Jones, please, John Jones, be careful.
1: Yeah, you're right. I mean, <laughs> he's – he's ultimately, I mean, he's in such physical shape that he – his, I guess, athletic career could go a lot longer, I think, than a lot of people's. So I guess maybe the, the thought of waiting maybe another 10 years to, to pop your next dick pill or to try, you know, to party and do a little things. But – while you're in your athletic career, especially at this uh, level and at the range he is, it's like, come on, bro. You got to just step away for a little bit, you know. Just keep it to the the legalized recreational things, you mm-hmm. know, things that, you know, nobody's tainting beer. They don't test for weed anymore. Yeah. Smoke all the weed you just, want. Yeah, smoke some weed, drink some beer, whatever, you know. But you got to – he's he's too at too high a level um, that he can't have the right people doing the right things. I mean, if it's about – Taking a, a diet and these supplements and other little sort of stuff, you make enough money that that shit shouldn't ever be an issue. Right? There's a lot of guys yeah, you that take make the top a hell of, the of a lot less money than him that haven't ever had an issue. You know, so I think if anything, uh, the, the money's allowed him to maybe push the the boundaries. And I think now with your getting caught and doing these other things, do the right thing and stop that chapter of your life. Get back to what made you great. And now he's got just natural ability that. I think most people uh, agree the fact that the dude doesn't need any assistance from yeah. anything else. If anything else, the only assistance he needs is to keep him focused, keep him, keep him grounded, keep him focused on what the ultimate goal is, and that really needs to come from family. Uh, you know, you're not going to get it from anything else. I mean, he has a, a strong family base. He's got two brothers that have been in the sport. Uh, NFL and other things you know if anything I, I always believed that that was probably what pushed him into the NFL as much as testing as they've had I know the NFL's about as dirty as it has any, to be any sports organization it's not when normal it comes. looking human beings yeah i mean I've, i I even remember hearing in college football and I know if guys started doing it and were able to start gaming the system in college it only continued on in their NFL days so I'm not sure if that was ever something that maybe just put planted the seed i I, I don't want to you know guess and say that, oh, hey, maybe this was introduced by a family member or anything like that sort, but that whole mentality, that whole world, maybe it that made it easier to think that, oh, well, you know, these top-level athletes can do it, so maybe we can bring that into our mm-hmm. sport without realizing that he's such a specimen. He never needed that sort of shit, and what he was doing without really even training was just unreal. Um, you brought up Brian Stan, and I'll bring him up later on because we're going to talk about some other fights when I was watching the fight, uh, the tough fight that we're going to talk about later on, I was listening to Brian Stan's voice and it made me realize that for this year, I'm missing the fact that we don't have Brian Stan. Yeah, right. You know, we're going to, we're going to end are ran into a new year of not having Brian Stan's analysis on uh fight stuff. And it, and it made me sad, but to go back to what you said about him, you know, saying like, Jesus, this guy doesn't really even need to train. He's just dominating people. Just, it's, you just feel bad because, you know, you know how good Jones could be if he could just, keep his shit together to the point of just eat healthy you don't need to take any fucking supplement you don't need any supplement at all. even if it's something that's just like oh it's a Whatever nope. whey protein nope. Nope. No, John. no no John. no you don't you don't <laughs> just stick to veggies and meat meat and potatoes and some veggies bro and you got it you know and don't eat the meat that Vandale Silva and some of these other cats <laughs> from Brazil have been eating but no,
0: horse <laughs> no horse meat no horse meat you know no tainted meat from China no
1: none of that stuff from
0: China but uh, uh, I hope he comes just, back I, I I I'll be back sooner than later but I hope he I hope he cleans up I hope I hope he cleans up what he's doing because uh, dude listen man it sounds like he's going to get out for a second time from like look i didn't intentionally put this in my body but a third time and i think people just go bro but even stop. on the
1: second time that's what two years
0: maybe a year it's not it doesn't have to be two years so yeah yeah but i don't know we'll see
1: i would i i was almost thinking that it had to be four I, years. So I'm, I'm, I'd am I'm be surprised if it's anything less than two years.
0: I, I still think – it sounds like they're all optimistic, but I, I don't know. If my initial assessment was two years. I guess I'll stick with that for now. But it just sounds like there's a lot of optimism around everybody. Jeff Nowitzki, you saw Malki Kawa tweeting some things. It sounds like they're all optimistic. Uh, even Brandon Gibson was, like, tweeting. That. So I don't know. It sounds like everybody's optimistic. Yeah. But I, I don't know. But
1: with his skill level, even if he stepped away from two years, I was thinking even at four years – the dude is still in his athletic prime. I think he ultimately could probably step away from four years, and if he still had the drive, still do could it. still make an impact. Two years, I he could definitely still make an impact. I mean, we saw what George did, you know, and, and George is at a later part of his prime than where John is mm-hmm. by far. Um, but George works really, really hard. I, I would like to think that, that John would do the same. So I think even if he got two years, I mean, I definitely don't think – that would really hurt his career because I could still see him fighting for another oh, yeah. eight years after that. You he know? hasn't taken
0: damage. Yeah. Uh, the other little piece of uh, information that Jeff Tavisky dropped was that uh, Nick Diaz might be okay to come back and fight. You know, I had thought, yeah. I had thought that basically Nick Diaz. What what we heard was that Nick Diaz had uh, whereabouts issues, which basically means three three strikes in a twelve month period, uh, and that's considered a, a, a negative finding. And I kind of took that as like Nick Diaz basically flipping the bird to, yeah. to usada and saying i'm not stopped in salute yeah dog. i'm not doing your little program your little you know tell me where you are program yeah um and that was basically indicating that he had no intention to fight anymore um jeff kind of indicated that wasn't the case that um i guess nick had been kind of trusting somebody else to fill out his whereabouts for him which is probably not a good idea but if it's somebody you think you can trust and then it backfires on you you can kind of feel for nick a little bit but um I would like to see Nick come back and fight again. Nick's a, Nick's a Needle mover, man. There's no question about it. He's one of those yeah, guys sure. that again doesn't have to have a belt involved, um, doesn't have to it doesn't have to be for anything. Like you can just put him against anybody and, and it's instantly exciting. So I'm I'm that's good news. And it's funny cuz um I'd actually talked to Jeff a little bit and I, and I need to follow up on it um about seeing what it would be like cuz you know Jeff and Donna are both enrolled in the whereabouts program. So uh, and that's Donna Marcolini, employee number one from zufa who's mm-hmm. been there forever, um, but they, uh, who's now, she now works on that side of things. She's done operations forever. But they both, uh, because they oversee the program and they, they basically take part in the program as well, so that they, you know, when they're talking to the fighters about how best to do it, best practices, like they can say from experience because they're actually enrolled in it. They've had to go through their phone and update everything. But I talked to Jeff, like, hey, what if, would you allow a media member to be, enrolled in it like maybe that might be kind of cool to see what because you know some of these fighters like it's a pain in the ass to tell people where i am all the time um i think it might be kind of interesting to do it firsthand and to i I don't know if people would find that interesting or not but i I don't know i think it might be kind of cool to do and just see like what is it these guys are actually having to do like is it that hard i mean we travel a lot like we're in a lot of different places is it going to be that big of a pain in the ass for you to make sure usada knows where i am at all time uh know. might be kind of might be kind of interesting
1: yeah i mean. It's just interesting the the fact that uh certain fighters can kinda make it known that, hey, I'm not fighting right now, I'm not doing this right now and uh they don't get tested. Right. You know, whereas other fighters say, Hey, I'm not fighting right now, I'm not doing it right now and then they're like, Oh, well you still need to be tested and no, oh you're gonna you're hiding from this test. You are, know, are you, are you referring to Ronda Rousey? I might be. <laughs> I might have just looked it up and saw that Ronda did not test at all in 2017. <laughs> she did test nine times in 2016. Nick did uh, two times in 2016. But yeah, it just seems uh, there's a lot of uh, favoritism played out where if a guy I think should be should actually be able to say, "Hey, I'm not retired, but I have no plans to fight for this coming year, whatever." Um, so no, I don't want to test. Right you know because if you're not going to do it all across the board and you're giving exemptions or you're just turning a blind eye for one and i'm sure there's other ones cuz
0: Dana went out of his way at that last luncheon we had right what she's where, been tested she's in the pool she's, she's in she, the pool she
1: won't withdraw she herself the from the pool her name's in the list she just has no tests that's crazy like why are there no tests if if she's actively if the, so if the treatment's the same so uh, it just goes to show that I, and if we dug deeper I'm sure there maybe are some other ones in there that we could find, um, but yeah, it just doesn't. Uh, if there's even if there's just one, even if that is the the golden ticket, that's the only person they allowed that. That should be if that, and you're the organization that's supposed to be a third party organization. You're not underneath the thumb of the UFC, then that same shit should be the same for everybody. I
0: mean, okay, in fairness, like if uh, and I guess I mean, I don't think they give them a bill i mean i think they have a working budget and this is probably something i need to clarify because what i'm saying is i think usada gets a certain amount of money like a fixed amount of money right they don't get like it's not like every test they do they're not i don't think
1: they're doing a a certain per thing i think they have an agreement so
0: here's what so here's what i wonder is if you know that you've got a fixed amount of money and you've got to stretch it out over you know x number of tests i mean if you're an administrator of the program you know ronda hasn't looked great in her last two fights You know that she was a former Olympian that, you know, had always kind of spoken out against PEDs. You know that she hasn't really had any, you know, intentions or, you know, announced anything. It doesn't look like she'll fight again. Is it the prudent thing financially to do to not test her? Or are you being unfair by saying, what if she's just doing steroids this whole time and then she's going to come back and test clean? You know what I mean? Like, maybe she's getting a free year of steroids, so is it, you know, is it the prudent thing financially to not test her? Right. Maybe. Maybe, it's, you know what I'm saying? Like, maybe it's not so unfair, like she's getting favoritism or what have you.
1: I'm I'm not seeing anything from Paige Van in 2017. Mm.
0: Why is that? I don't know. Bl- blonde <laughs> girls don't take blonde drugs? Blonde girls don't take <laughs> tests? <laughs> blonde I, I, blonde I, girls
1: don't do drugs? She didn't change her name that I can see. I see her for 2016. Why why don't I see her for 2017? She not seen a test at all in 2017? I see nothing's popping up under page Fiennes and under sports. Mixed Martial Arts, 2017. 2016, it shows her at, uh, let's see what it says. It said four times. And 2017 shows no times. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Didn't she fight in 2017? No she didn't.
0: Did she? she? When's the last time she fought? Yeah, she's fought. I think I felt like she's fought. She definitely fought cuz she fought up in uh didn't she lose up in uh in um uh Sacramento, right? Oh no, that was 16. Holy crap, she didn't fight at all in 2017. I was I was starting to feel like I it. thought that Sacramento fight was in 2017. So yeah, December 17th. It's
1: been it's been over a year since she's fought. I did not
0: realize that. I really thought that was last year.
1: Yeah. So why didn't she get tested? Because they knew she was off doing Dancing with the Stars or whatever. No, that was 2016 as well. Because it was at the same time she was fighting. Well, she had.
0: I mean, she was scheduled to fight. She was scheduled to fight uh, against Jessica I. And then and then she uh, she had a back injury or something like that and had to pull out. But I thought that I thought that loss to uh, Watterson was in. Seventeen, interesting. All right, well, yeah, listen, So it's blonde weird. girls don't get tested. Blonde
1: girls don't get tested. So if Nick Diaz was a blonde girl, then there would be no issue about him uh, skipping tests. <laughs> All right, <laughs> let's talk about the. But I do want to see him back. I love the Diaz brothers. I want to see the Diaz, and they have a, certainly a lower price point than uh, Conor McGregor. Mm. Uh, that with the right card, and it say if fifteen million is it, which is that is crazy because he doesn't draw fifty million worth of tickets. But if the dude wants three million. Give it to him. Yeah. Give it to him. Just bring him back, man. The dude, he, he uh, he's fun. It was certainly a pain in the ass at times while I worked for the UFC <laughs> to cover him because he he certainly was probably the original show-up-when-he-wanted-to character, <sighs> especially when it came to open workouts and all that stuff. Like, no one did it
0: like the Diaz brothers. I mean – Stockton, California is apparently a settlement of Brazil. They <laughs> <you> <laughs> <have been right? laughs> They're all descendants of Brazil. They all have
1: Brazil time built in. But uh, they are a – Fun bunch of brothers, man, and they are—they uh, are true martial artists. They—they—they they, they live and breathe that mentality mm-hmm. when it comes to uh, how they treat it themselves. Maybe not during fight week when you see how they interact with other fighters, you might think that's not very martial arts like. But in their discipline and their belief and how they work themselves out, uh, they fully buy into it for themselves. Uh, so it's fun to watch. Um, yeah, just. Don't expect them to be on time for a lot of
0: things. At all. <laughs> all right, so listen, I want to talk real quickly about the uh, our, our end of year MMA Junkie Awards. And, and, and uh, normally I wouldn't spend a lot of time on this because there's actually still rolling out. We're rolling out a couple of these awards every year. But here's what we did this year. You know, we've got a big staff. Um, and it's kind of a pain in the ass for everybody to vote on everything and then to tally everything up. So what they did was they gave everybody a couple of categories and said here you 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 do this you do this and everybody kind of came up with the, what they wanted they submitted it to the staff and they're like do you guys have a problem with this if so um you know let me know and we and we did that some we changed it a little bit you know we're like some, We're like ah I, I think you're on the right track here but let's go with this instead and people oh, okay okay um so you know it was a, a community effort but at the same time you know we had people that were in charge of now i was in charge of gym of the year and round of the year and let's start with gym of the year because I took some I took some grief for this, I, I, I was, I, and I was, and I kind of get it. I knew I was going a little non-traditional with it, uh, but I took some grief on it. None, none other than uh, the UFC's own Elvis Sinisek, uh spoke against me. Uh, but for the gym of the year, I chose the UFC Performance Institute. Now, I get it. Gym of the year usually means like team of the year. Like normally you're saying uh, like you'll you'll go with Team Alpha Male, even though Team Alpha Male isn't a gym uh Uriah Favors ultimate fitness is the gym but it's normally picking a a team that had the best year right I mean American top team is always there Jackson Wink MMA is always there just because they have so many fighters you know accomplishing things again team alpha male I thought um was having a great year of course then you had the the Garbrandt loss and the Cavia loss to kind of close things out so that kind of you know slowed things down a little bit for them but I was like you know what Based on all the, the interactions that we've had at the UFC Performance Institute this year, I mean, it opened this year in May. Uh, it served as the home camp for Conor McGregor during his boxing. It's serving uh, as the home camp for Francis Ngannou as he's making his way up the ranks. You know, Joseph Benavidez is there rehabbing all the time, You know, taking advantage of the free rehab stuff. You know, We talked to Duncan French the other day. He said that their stats show that 40% of the UFC roster has already taken advantage of of the Performance Institute, you got more and more fighters that are that are choosing to move out this way, or to make sure that at least part of their camp is here. You know, Emil Meek is a guy that um, just just broke camp basically down there and said that he's going to make sure the Performance Institute is a part of every camp he has moving forward. So to me, this was the gym that had the biggest impact on the biggest number of people, and you know, had the biggest you know potential to to change the sport, change the game. I get it. It's a little non-traditional, and I even put that in my accompanying text about it. It's a non-traditional winner, um, but I caught a lot of shit, and now I'm wondering. I thought I was. I thought I was making an intelligent decision and making an intelligent selection, and now I wonder. Cold coffee. It, 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 was it a, a an educated uh, decision, or was I trying to be too hipster there and uh, and I dropped the ball.
1: You're so hipster. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, because I thought the exact same thing When I, uh, you know, was thinking of uh, A gym that uh, Most fighters were ranting and raving about How it's been changing the sport And let alone, you know, we've been seeing it rehabilitate guys All this other stuff It's the one that stood out in my in my head um, Korean, I think, well There's always, of course, maybe people just want to hear You know, they want to hear Jackson Wink, They want to hear Alliance They want to hear whatever, you mm-hmm. know But I think when it came to you know, gyms that have contributed to guys just taking it to another level. For this particular burst, and this is the year where they really came out and and did things, I mean, I don't think there's anybody that can beat uh, what the PI like was stuff, able to do that first
0: year impact what they've already been able to do. I mean, I yeah. don't even know that they'd be eligible to win the award next year. You know what I'm saying? But I just I thought it was kind of a statement thing. You know, here's this brand new facility, and yeah, they don't have they don't have coaches per se, but they do have strength and conditioning. They do have rehab facilities. They do have uh, nutrition, which a lot of times, man, that's the thing that we've realized. I at least you know in my Twenty years of following the sport and what twelve years of covering it professionally or whatever um the 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 one thing that I've definitely realized is that um you know the 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 nutrition and uh, like kind of strength and conditioning like real like uh not just kind of a raw approach to professional approach, that's usually the last thing that fighters get you know what i mean usually they they get the martial arts training but they don't have like the real quality like physical like bodybuilding type training you know what i mean and, and rehab and i feel like you know th- this is an opportunity to add those things so i don't know man I, th- I thought it was a good choice and then there were people just just shitting on me and shitting on mma junkie
1: well people always do that well I mean, people are have their favorites of uh gyms people always want to hear it so i mean i think anything anytime you could possibly step out and pull something different you know uh people can have issues. So it is what it is, you know, uh, but next year, PI won't be that, that gym. I mean, this was the year for the PI to really come out. So next year, I'm sure more traditional gym will be, uh, back on top.
0: I would agree. So the other one I was in charge of was round of the year. And here's an interesting too. So to me, you know, a fight that stuck with me all year, Justin Gaethje versus Michael Johnson. And and I, I think that'll probably be our fight of the year. I'm not sure. I haven't seen the, the final tallies on that. Um, but, I mean, I think that's a lot of people's fight of the year selection. But to me, and, I, and, I, and I, another one here where I kind of felt bad knowing that it's probably going to be our fight of the year to pick a round from it and make it round of the year. But I just I remember being so stirred emotionally by that fight and by those rounds You know that, that they stuck with me all year long. But the interesting thing here is that once I had made my selection started writing my, my piece and I turned it in, um, I saw the other websites and had chosen round of the year from that fight as well. But the interesting part is I chose round one, and I saw a lot of other people choosing round two. So I kind of wanted to ask you because I went back and I, and I re-watched the fight, right? And I, I was like, I know it's got to be one of these two rounds. Let me go back and watch them both. So I went back and watched them both a couple of times. And the thing about it was the first round... You know, to, to have a round of the year, I think, you know, you got to have some back and forth, right? I mean, you got to have one guy winning for a little bit, one guy winning for a little bit. You know, it, it's got to be that back and forth. And I just thought the intense pace that they had, the fact that they were just nonstop, relentless, throwing strikes. I think I broke it down using fight metric, and there was basically uh, one strike thrown every second and a half for the full five minutes. I mean, that's how fast the pace was. Um, you know, you had each of them rocking each other. Uh, you know, Michael Johnson's trying to trying to finish it uh, at the end of the first round and, and, and nearly almost has the finish. Doesn't quite get it. Justin Gaethje survives. Amazing. And then the second round was incredible as well, especially because, you know, Gaethje is basically knocked out on his feet, and then he yep. comes back and knocks out Michael Johnson. So yeah. <laughs> that round was more, like, emotional to me. Like, it was more like, like the, the – the seesaw was different, but by that point, they had already gone through the first round, so they didn't have quite the high pace. They weren't quite as technical at that point. You know, it was a little more like, I don't want to say sloppy, but at that point, it, it, it had devolved into a little bit more of a brawl versus just like technical back and forth. So, I don't know. I ended up going with round one, and I see why a lot of people went with round two, um, but, but I don't know. I kind of want to get your input on that, too, because... Then I started thinking, well, am I crazy? Uh, you Because, know, again, the, the, the highs and the lows were, were much different in round two, but I felt like the constant pace and the constant back and forth of round one made it a slightly better round for me.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was much more technical. I think it had its points where there was more nonstop action in the first round. But in the second round, there was a sort of a gap in the middle after Gagey. Man, he's he's got a chin and he's got heart. Oh. You're right. I I love the second round for the fact that there is both guys were hurt Mm -hmm. and eventually you get the finish. But there was that lull in the middle of the second one that kind of takes away from the the nonstop action that happened in the first one. Yes. But if you take it as for a round where uh, I I think even the first one, both guys kind of got wobbled. Uh, Mm -hmm. Justin got dropped at the end, but Michael did get hurt early on. But you really see the, the how bad these guys got wobbled in the second round. Right. So I could definitely see where people were like, oh, so back and forth, so back and forth. So I would probably lean towards the second, but I, I, I do see where that part in the middle, probably around the – I think it was around the two and a half minutes yeah. left or something where it kind of just got like, okay, okay. Yeah, you just got two exhausted the guys. Two exhausted guys kind of going and just sort of throwing it. But, man, it was a, a – uppercuts man it was like a tale of uppercuts and I like it because I actually when um, I was going back and watch this fight I actually went back and watched uh, the Alvarez fight as well and watched how Justin was treating those leg kicks whether a guy was coming in as a southpaw or whether a guy was coming in orthodox as a regular but he still just attacks those legs and it was vicious but he got away from it uh, more so in I think the Johnson fight because I think he felt like he wanted to knock him out more, maybe make an impression or something, which set him up to get those strikes that uh, you know eventually kind of hobbled him a little bit. But man, when he got to the cage, it was able to get his bearings and then came back out. And then I think that's why that that there was that little lull because both guys were just like, well, shit, now we're really tired. I, I haven't been able to finish him, you know. And I think Michael was probably just like, what the hell. Like this dude just keeps coming, and uh, and then eventually he uh, Justin got the best of it. But it was that was a really really good fight. I, I could definitely see why somebody would say that would be a fight of the year round. It's a little tough.
0: It's hard, man. It, it is, is. I tough. will say it is hard to pick around. You know what I mean. But I just, I think what it was. I do it to yourself. That's so tough. <laughs> I know that's the one I got given, dude. I was like, God damn it, that's the one I got. But I do. See, you know what I? What I mean? We watched so many fights, either from cage side or, or or on TV or or on the back or whatever. And I just remember, just again, the emotion, man. It was just like, it was a fight where honestly, bro, I had to like, you know, and I had to stop myself from like, I just, I just wanted to clap. You know what I mean? I just wanted to be like, God. You guys are warriors, man. You guys are are, are incredible warriors, and uh, it, it was a tough. So I don't know. My two picks got universally well. I shouldn't say the one got shelled, but the uh, the Performance Institute got kind of shit on. So and then I saw maybe I picked the wrong round. Maybe, maybe I'm not a good award picker. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're always gonna be haters. There's always, always gonna, gonna haters. be haters. All right. Listen. Uh. Well. Listen. We uh, it's a week off, so we shouldn't take too much of people's time. I appreciate nah. anybody that's that's tune in. For, I know. I know people probably just like to listen to us when we're on site. You know what I mean? We're we're actually giving uh some some knowledge from behind the scenes. So we'll wrap it up quick. Uh, we got, we are gonna be busy. I, I'm gonna go to. St. Louis next week. Uh, You're going to go to Boston along with Matt Erickson the week after that. I'm going to be in L.A. that week, so we'll have both events covered there. You're going to go to North Carolina after that. I'm going to go to uh, Temecula, so we'll have both Bellator and USC cover there. So we got a lot going in the next three weeks. Um, we're, well, actually, uh, it sounds like Saturday I think we're going to go shoot. Uh, Bang Ludwig is going to be in town at Extreme Couture. He's going to be doing uh, a seminar over there, but he's also going to be doing some stuff with the with the pros. Um, so we, we might have a little something with Bang Ludwig doing some training over there at Extreme Couture, so uh, that would be something we can bring to you next week. Uh, you know what? I'm I, We haven't heard an announcement yet, but I, I've heard it's coming. Um I want to see the Dana Whites Tuesday Night Contender Series fights come back, man. Those are fun. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. I enjoy doing those, man. Kind of getting to see those up-and-coming prospects and doing it, um, you know, in that small environment where everything's on the line, man. It's it's, uh it's really cool, man. So looking forward to that. Anyway, uh, yeah. We did go finish up doing our day drinking and being responsible. And then uh then we'll (laughs) then we'll get to the gym. Maybe not today. Yeah. Or not. Thanks for listening. (laughs) we <laughs>